Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us today. Well, today we're going to talk about the hospitality industry. We'll look and see how the market is performing and what to expect moving forward. Please welcome my guest, Mark Woodworth. He's with PKF Hospitality Research, a CBR company. Mark, thanks for being with us again in Studio One. Yeah, Michael, thanks for giving the opportunity. Good to be back. Well, we appreciate you being here in Studio One in Atlanta. And, you know, the hotel industry has been doing well, hasn't it? How did it actually perform overall last year? Uh, last year was a terrific year, but just about any measure that one would want to take uh, in terms of analyzing what, what actually happened. Uh, the good news is, is um, uh, in, in one sense, is uh, demand was a huge surprise in terms of how, how much uh, uh, expansion we saw in 2014, uh, which really helped uh, operators begin to really move uh, pricing. Average daily rates in the industry last year uh, grew at a very stiff clip, well above the long run average, and, and really have set the stage for this year and next to be uh, two more really, really uh, fun times in our business. And where are those levels right now? Uh, overall, according to uh, STR Inc., the national occupancy ended up at uh, just about 64.5%. Uh, on a relative basis, that's about three points above the long-run average. So, so that's, that's one of the ways that we think about. Uh, one of the things we think of is just how well the industry's uh, actually doing. Mm-hmm. But that high occupancy level has resulted in greater levels of scarcity uh, in more and more markets and across uh, many more different property types and with that greater scarcity has come better pricing power and uh, which enabled managers to increase uh, rates across the industry at about four and a half percent last year and again we think that'll be even stronger in 2000 uh, 2015 and that's a pretty big increase isn't it in one year uh, it's a very significant increase uh, again more than two times the long-run average uh, rate of growth that we've seen in the industry uh, and import, importantly, I don't really want to get too far into the weeds on this today, Michael, I'm knowing, knowing you as I do, uh, <laughs> but in real terms, uh, if we think about how low inflation was, mm-hmm. that the real growth that we've seen in, in lodging revenues and critically lodging profits uh, has been, been approaching all-time high uh, record levels. And again, we think that's going to persist for at least another couple of years. Yeah. Well, you know, our listeners are sophisticated. We don't go way deep in the weeds, right? But uh, what are the average daily rates right now? Uh, in terms of, of the national uh, occupancy, according, again, according to STR, is, is $115. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, of course, that's an average number. There's much higher in some markets, much yeah. lower in others. But uh, that's as high as it's ever been in, in nominal terms. Wow, that's fantastic. And what about the different classes of hotels? Are, are all of them doing well? Or is, are, are full-service hotels doing better than others? Or? Yeah, I think, Michael, if we, if we were to replay the show from, uh, from a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. the answer to that, that question was, well, you know, the higher your price, the better you're doing. Mm-hmm. So luxury was doing great. Uh, upper upscale hotels, upscale properties uh, were doing very, very well. Um, that now applies to virtually everybody. Um, uh, not only just the high end, but the more moderately and lower priced hotels have really seen some very significant demand growth and as a consequent increase in pricing. That's great. So what are a few of the factors that are impacting the hotel industry? Is it the increase in the job market? Is it the scarcity of new supply? What is what is making this market so robust? I think it's um, uh, on the demand side of the equation. Uh, we've continued to see, uh, even with at best average economic growth, uh, very strong gains in, uh, in travel and therefore people renting uh, hotel rooms. Uh, what we know from studying past cycles that the two 
uh, economic variables that, that really impact lodging uh, the most are changes in employment and changes in, in real personal income levels. Um, real personal income uh, levels across the country fully recovered three years ago. Um, I'm sure you know and you listen to the job reports as I do, you know, we've seen six, seven, eight months of very significant uh, uh, increases in, in, in total employment. Uh, and as a result, more that's creating more demand for hotel rooms in, in the vast majority of markets around the country. Yeah, well, that's good. What about the future, Mark? What should we expect moving forward? Is this, gonna, this growth going to continue? Well, I, we do. I, th- I think uh, one of the questions that I like to ask groups when I'm meeting with them and, and uh, uh, is, is not only how do you feel about the economy today, but how do you think the economy is going to be a year from today? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that it's unanimous that people think it'll be better a year from now than it is, is today, mm-hmm. but certainly the, the view is pervasive that things will continue to get better. So, uh, and you asked a second ago about what's what, about the supply side of the equation. Um, so, so we fully expect demand to continue to increase. Uh, we've begun to see the level of new construction in lodging uh, accelerate, and within that, there's certain markets that are experiencing very significant uh, increases in the number of rooms. But overall, we're still uh, well below on a national level uh, the the amount of supply growth that we we normally would have seen in this point of the cycle. And why is that? Is that because the increased cost of, of land and development today, or is it is it entitlement issues, or is it the higher construction cost, or some combination? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. It's, it's yeah. if we think about the, the the key inputs to the development process, whether it's land, uh, materials, construction labor, uh, cost of capital, uh, uh, with the exception of maybe the last one, um, all of the earlier uh, inputs that I listed uh, have been going up. And, and another question I like to ask, in fact, uh, uh, David Marvin, who's coming up soon, I know is, uh, uh, has been a very active developer. I, I, I like to ask people like David, what's going up faster, market values or replacement costs? And in the vast majority of markets, very quickly, the answer has been uh, uh, replacement costs. So, so fundamentally, you know, it's, 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 it's helping the value of those that have capital already committed to lodging. Uh, but again, if you're in the business of creating something new, uh, that continues to be a pretty hefty uh, headwind, and again, the vast majority of markets. Right, and that's some positive dynamics that must be impacting the velocity of sales volume too. As the investment market in the hotel industry really heated up, uh, absolutely has. Uh, last year was it was a good year. Uh, uh, we think that this year should be another very very good. Mm-hmm. Still not back to where we were back in '06 and '07, where the where the uh, activity was at pretty pretty heady levels. But uh, there's no question that the, the, the investment community continues to look at hotels as, as a great uh, alternative investment, uh, particularly when viewed on a risk-adjusted basis. So we think that uh, 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 we're going to continue to see strong levels of transaction activity uh, in most markets around the country. Well, that's interesting because if you're, you're telling us that the, the rental rates and occupancy is, is greater than it's ever been, uh, and you would think that the and the positive outlook for the future, you'd think that investment market would be have more velocity than it did in those go, even in the go-go years because of of you know is it a lack of supply or are just sellers like you know what things are getting so much better that I'm not going to sell or well there's a there's um uh, uh there there's a there is a point of view which I I, I get I mean fundamentally is it's, it's been good for so long that. One way to think about that is we've got to be that much closer to the, damp, the bad times. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, and in fact, that's a very common question that we get asked is, tell us when the good times are going to end and tell us what it'll look like. Yeah. Um, because the last, the answer to that question, the last two cycles is it was a very unattractive picture. We go back to the 01 period and the 08 
09 period, mm-hmm. uh, hotels feel it very, very quickly and very, very severely. So you know those those memories have not uh, have not been forgotten. So that that's that's a. Uh, as, as people think about hotels, that's a, that's obviously continues to be a concern. Well, yeah, the other thing, Michael, I would say that the um, uh, uh, point out again, as you know, hotels are it's an operating business. Yeah. That's an important part of the value uh, equation. And one of the things that we've begun to see as unemployment levels have gone down, um, the availability of labor therefore becomes more more difficult. And we're now starting to see slippage in some of the productivity numbers in hotels. So you're just not getting as much of a return on your payroll investment as we had been. Uh, and that's critical because uh, payroll and related costs are anywhere from 45 to 48% of all the expenses needed to run a hotel. So that, that single largest category is now beginning to grow uh, at a fairly high clip. So we're, we're watching that closely as well. Yeah, yeah. you can't forget, uh, as far as commercial real estate goes, uh, you've got a business you're running here, and you have people sleeping in your, you do. <laughs> in yeah. your business. And hopefully eating and drinking as well. That's so, right. So. And what about some sample cap rates, Mark? What are you seeing for cap rates in the hotel industry right now? Well, the reality is I, c- I could give you the range of what I've seen, and it's so big it would probably be pretty meaningless, mm-hmm. uh, meaning you can, you can uh, I think the, 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 the Waldorf Astoria mm-hmm. uh, traded a month or two ago and at a reported cap rate of below two. Nice. Um, so, so that's obviously an exception. I, I think that the way I like to think about cap rates is, is not so much, you know, what's the level of cap rate today, but really directionally, which way yeah, are we moving? How they're trending, yeah. Um, and and uh, there's no question that uh, they are moving in a downward direction, uh, and that's because the income growth that we've seen uh, in, in hotels has been very, very attractive. There's a belief that those that profit growth is gonna be sustained for at least another two, probably three years. Uh, again, very, very high levels. Uh, the level of new construction uh, remains low, so therefore the threat of somebody taking food off my plate is lower than what it has been. So these things have really come together to, 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 to uh, from a forecast perspective, believe, tell us that cap rates are likely to continue to, to trail down over the next uh, couple of years. All right, well, stay with us. Mark Woodworth is going to stay with us. We'll have some other guests join us to talk about the hospitality market. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on one of the 40 radio stations, YouTube, iTunes, or the show website, SiriShow.com. Well, today we're talking about the hospitality market, and we have an expert panel here in Studio One with us today. Please welcome Mark Woodworth. He's with PKF Hospitality Research, a CBR company. Mark, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Also, please welcome Andrew Pace. He's with Strand Development Company, also known as Strand Management Company, right? Andrew, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you, Michael. Also, uh, please welcome David Marvin. He's with Legacy Property Group. They're developers of hotels and also own restaurants. David, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Well, we appreciate it, guys. And, you know, we've just heard about the market. It seems to be you know, doing really well. The forecast Mark gave us is, is really rosy. It's like an exciting time in your industry, guys. So what are some of the main factors that are impacting this performance? What's going on here, Mark? 
Well, let me, I was gonna say, let me take a stab at that, and I'm gonna answer your question. Being a consultant, it's easy. I'll answer your question with a question. Okay. Uh, and that is, uh, there's one statistic I think speaks to uh, something that's been driving the recovery. Uh, and, and the question is, what was higher last year uh, in terms of occupancy? Was, were hotel occupancies higher on the weekends or were they higher during the week? Well, I would say weekdays would be my guess because Your business travelers I think business and so travel forth. picked up. Yeah, David? Well, you know, we own some hotels, so I'd say weekend. Weekend, okay. Andrew? We have a lot of interstate hotels. I'm thinking that uh, weekend probably now. Okay, just for the record, these two guys peaked. They, uh, <laughs> They're cheated on the yeah. test. So uh, weekend, and, and not by just yeah. a little. It was a very significant gap between mm-hmm. just how well hotels did Friday, Saturday versus for the other days of the week. And so we think that speaks, again, to the kind of what's been driving the recovery. It's a lot of leisure, travel, uh, and demand, and that's really helped uh, to get us to, again, as I said earlier, record, record levels today. And what's picking up this leisure demand? Is it uh, there's more people with more jobs making more money? What is it that's doing that? Well, one theory I've got is gas prices. It's kind of hard to to realize that because they they just went lower. But I think um, obviously the economy is doing a lot better. Middle class is doing better. They're taking the long-deserved vacations. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the that uh, you know the traveling public is is feeling more confident and uh, letting their hair down a little bit, taking time to enjoy themselves. And I think that, uh, that confidence is in, the, is in the weekday corporate kind of business as well. Okay. Yeah, I think I need to, let me just add to that, all that domestic good stuff that we're seeing out there. Um, we are at record levels of inbound international travel to the U.S. So, so again, a number of our markets, particularly the gateway cities, are benefiting from that, that trend as well. How about the meeting business? How is that performing now? Is that improving? Well, I'm always curious to hear what the people really in the real world think. And I know David and both of you, but David particularly, you're right in the middle of it here with your assets here in Atlanta. Yeah, so. no, we, ha- we, own, uh, we own assets that have a nice balance between meeting business and, and transient business. Uh, our meeting business is strong. Uh, different trend from what we saw a couple of years ago, as we were talking about before the show. Curious, but a lot of uh, meeting planners are booking much closer in, which can unnerve uh, hoteliers a little bit. But in general, meetings are are strong. I think that uh, uh, meeting planners are looking for uh, different kinds of packages, and we can talk about that maybe a little later. But uh, we're bullish on meetings. So for the meeting business and the leisure business and the tra- and the business traveler. So which, which of these three is, is improving the most? Is it the leisure because they've got more money? I think business and transient have been relatively strong. I mean, yeah. we're celebrating the 20th, uh, I mean, the highest occupancies in 20 years. I think the meeting space is picking up yeah. in groups. Yeah. Well, you know, as strong as the leisure business has been, and leisure business is, of course, associated with the weekends, I think it's fair to say that there's more room for improvement during the week. Mm-hmm. And as such, that's, that's really where we're going to, to see the greater occupancies. Uh, when occupancy hits 70 plus percent, you just don't have that many more rooms to sell. And so the, the, the natural and correct thing to do is for hoteliers to start raising rates on those peak demand times. So limited, uh, somewhat constrained additional growth uh, on the weekend, 
and more room for growth during the weekdays. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I'm always traveling on the weekend so I can get out of the honeydew list. You know, <laughs> he says, uh, can, honey, can you do this? I'm like, I'll be out of town. <laughs> I got to book a room somewhere. I got a business meeting. Well, what are some of the trends you guys are seeing in the hotel industry? Is, is it technology? Is it food? Is it, you know, what, what are some of the trends that you see out there? Well, our assets uh, uh, really focus on the total guest experience, which includes food. We, we generally are involved in the more full-service hotels that have that as a component. And, you know, it, it's probably uh, a tired analogy, but, uh, you know, guests are looking for something better than the rubber chicken to eat. That, <laughs> that relates both to the, to the food served at the restaurant as well as the meeting planner and the banquet. Um, so we really think connecting with our customers and uh, not only offering great food in-house, but showing them the way to great restaurants in the area uh, is uh, one of the more important trends. People are, people are interested in having a good time uh, traveling without a lot of hassle, meaning uh, what's available within walking distance of their accommodations. and. Um, and we're trying to capitalize on that trend. What are some other trends you guys see out there? Is technology a trend that's impacting performance or the experience? I'll tell you, Mark touched on it. One of the largest ones affecting all of us uh, for years to come are international travelers coming to the United States. It's mm -hmm. very important for us. Compared to 9-11, before 9-11, mm -hmm. we're getting probably two-thirds of our piece of the pie, and we can do better. Last year, 2014, 72 million people visited the United States. It can be over 100 million. They spent about $200 billion while, while, we, while they were here. So that's an exciting opportunity, and, and I know that uh, with leadership from the hospitality industry, uh, they're bringing together the White House and Congress. They actually believe on something, uh, believe in something, and that is to reduce the visa wait times for uh, Chinese and some other countries, uh, literally from six months waiting time to two weeks. That could Michael, Michael, I'm sorry, that, that's a great segue if you'll allow me to ask you another question. All right. Okay. Um, how many Chinese citizens, if people live in China, Chinese citizens, made an international trip last year? I mean, i.e., they left China and went somewhere else on the planet. I think I heard that's a big number. No, it's, it's it? 103 million. Wow. Okay. How many Chinese citizens came to the United States last year? Less than 10% of that well less than 10 percent it was approximately 1.7 wow so okay. to your point about the growing importance of uh, international travel to the states uh you start thinking just boy the fact that we've got roughly a one percent share of that large and rapidly growing market right. at least tells me that boy there's there's another reason to be optimistic with making it easier for chinese citizens specifically in this case to to get here uh the prospects for for more very more very very significant growth, uh, we think, is, is very substantial. I think that's a great point. I, I've, I, I've done business with the Chinese and visited well over 30 times, and there's no shortage of interest in the United States among Chinese. Uh, as I understand it right now, the number one international destination for Chinese is the country of France. Yep. And uh, that's reason for hope, because I think we have a lot more to offer with all due respect. Yeah. Oh, France is pretty nice, too. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> France is very nice. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the hospitality market. We'll talk about the investment market. We'll talk about cap rates. We'll talk about the trends impacting the industry. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back.
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're talking about the hospitality industry today. We have Mark Woodworth, Andrew Pace, and David Marvin with us. They're all hotel and hospitality experts. And guys, I got to ask you about technology and social media. You know, how is that impacting the industry today, or is it? Well, I'll take that on. I, you know, I think that technology uh, married the industry uh, in due course 10 years ago and I and and other than where the customer meets the hotel in purchasing a hotel room and now perhaps checking in I think maybe technology in hotels has peaked to some extent from a consumer's perspective what what they want is bandwidth and then the consumer is bringing their own technology so there, there were thoughts that uh, you were going to be able to do all things from your hotel touch phone touch tone phone that's no longer uh, looks like the trend of the future as far as social media goes it's a great way for hotels to connect with their customers I think that it makes uh, it makes the hotels that perform well in terms of delivering great customer experience shine uh, that can be a little scary and it's certainly an imperfect medium because sometimes people uh, give uh, inaccurate or unfair reviews but I think actively managed I think it's a it's a real friend of the hotel industry yeah I think uh, you know the statistic I heard David was that 80 percent of the people that are online are looking at TripAdvisor for example to, to see existing guests experience and then of course they're ranking hotels in certain markets so I think how it's changed our business is hotels are much more accountable as far as their uh, level of service and delivery for the customers. And it's good for everybody. The, the customer wins. The hotels know they're accountable as compared to many years in the past. And I think it's brought up the whole uh, pool of uh, hotel quality for the benefit of the guests. Yeah, I think, Michael, if I could maybe come in on a little different path on that one. Um, because of technology, we've seen uh, businesses such as Airbnb. Uh, be created and really be a be a factor uh, in the lodging industry. So I find it particularly interesting, and as, as I said earlier, we're in record times now in our industry, but yet it, it, we've achieved that, that level of performance in spite of the fact that we now have a very legitimate, sizable alternative out there to traditional hotels uh, in the form of Airbnb. So, so technology is clearly affecting uh, the industry uh, but again, ultimately, I think a lot, of, a lot of us tend to think about ult the real benefit to technology is probably going to be if I can substitute uh, uh, technology for labor. And that is a very, very difficult thing to do uh, in, our in, in our industry. And most of our listeners are going to know what Airbnb, but briefly, what is that? Uh, it's, a, uh, it's an online service where uh, if you have, it's part of the share economy, mm -hmm. uh, if you have an extra bedroom or an unused apartment or condo, single-family home. Uh, I think there's even 300 lighthouses listed on Airbnb now that you can rent if you want one. Uh, and, and consumers, particularly this millennial generation we haven't talked too much about today, uh, are finding those very attractive uh, uh, alternatives that in terms of uh, what you have to pay to what you get, and therefore it's a very, typically a very high value. Uh, and because of the technology, it's a very interesting phenomena in that uh, 
you can learn an awful lot about both the host, that person who's renting their unit to you, but then the host at the same time can learn an awful lot about you as the consumer. Because as a renter of Airbnb units, you build up a history, and so therefore they know, are you a good renter, or are you more like a David and Andrew where never again will I do that? <laughs> so just kidding. So it's but, sort of like Uber, yeah. right? I think they, they do the same. It's all part of the thing. share economy, right. exactly, right. Right, mm-hmm. so you call an Uber, and then you're not there to, to grab it, and they're like, okay, uh, we're not gonna respond to Michael Bull again, right? That's right, Right. same same thing. Yeah. And you talked about, that's I guess one of the possible headwinds is, is those kind of alternatives. Uh, what are some other headwinds? How about uh, minimum, um, income wage increases and how about Obamacare is any of that impacting the hotel industry or the restaurant industry you know I, th- I, th- this, I think the the predictions uh, were maybe a little overstated we have uh, in our businesses both in the hotel and the restaurant side yet to see a major impact one of the issues uh, of course minimum rate wages have not in in our locations increased uh, and a lot of our employees, particularly in the hotel side, are already well above minimum wage. But on the health care and Obamacare, we're finding that the subscription rates are, are quite low. And so the impact to the company has not been terribly significant. And obviously everything is in, in flux now, waiting to find out uh, whether or not it will survive. But we have not seen a big uh, a, a big impact. I will say that labor, as a general factor, continues to be the most challenging component of our business. And, and whether or not you're able to hire, train, retain, motivate great people is the key factor. Yeah, I mean, that's a big point. I think, you know, when I go to a hotel or a restaurant, you know, how I'm treated is, is a big thing. I remember I used to have a dry cleaner that did a terrible job. Your clothes were terrible, but they were so nice and so good to you. You're like, you just wanted to go back. It's a big part of the experience. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the hospitality industry. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the hospitality industry. We have hotel and industry experts here, Mark Woodworth with and Andrew Pace and David Marvin. And guys, we talked about how rosy this, this business is right now. So is it time to buy hotels? Is the timing right? Well, I'm going to use a Mark Woodworth in, in, uh, statement and say it all depends. <laughs> uh, really, I think that I think that where it's where it's time to sell is if you own an asset that you don't see a trajectory where you can continue to add value. Cap rates are at a historic low point at the moment. Long-term assets have enjoyed a heck of a ride here. Maybe it's time to sell. Alternatively, if uh, if you see upside. Uh, whether it's because you've got a product that's uh, fresh and inviting and well-located and has some room for better management, uh, you know, it's it's probably time to buy. Well, Mark, is that why that you said earlier that the velocity of sales was not as high as it was in the pre-recession days? A lot of the sectors that we're involved in are having more velocity than the pre-recession days. But if the hotel industry is not, is that the reason you're an owner? So if you see upside potentially, like why do I sell? Right, the market's improving. 
Well, I think that's right. And, and, and of course, the age-old question, if, uh, if you're a seller, is what are you going to do with the money, too? Yeah. So, uh, But we see opportunities to buy, and we see opportunities to sell. And I think uh, you know, real estate is, is, is an asset, uh, highly localized uh, decision-making exercise. Um, we think, you know, I, it's been said before that hotels as an asset class are the most under-demolished asset class there is out there. Brands are innovating all the time. There's a proliferation of new ideas, new brands, for example, to address uh, the millennials. And so there are, there are some hotels that are going to be in decline uh, until they're no more, and uh, best mm-hmm. to shed your portfolio of those kinds of assets. And while you're talking about that, Mark, you mentioned earlier that, uh, of course, the market is doing really well, but there are some hotels and, and locations that are still struggling, right? What are those? Uh, I'm from a location perspective. Right. Uh, the only two um, uh, areas <clears throat> that have yet to get back to the kind of the pre, mm-hmm. pre-recession uh, levels are uh, small town environments and highway locations. Uh, airports, uh, urban markets, suburban markets, and resorts are all doing, have, have fully recovered. Uh, so we're watching those two other categories closely, but as you'd expect, therefore, the level of transaction activity you're seeing in some of these softer locations is uh, uh, remains somewhat depressed. And Andrew, as, as a management company, I guess you're seeing a lot of transaction activity. I guess some of these these investors are coming to you before they buy, right, and asking you how this is going to operate? Well, to say it differently than David said, for every buyer, there's a seller. So yeah. everybody has their different, you know, uh, investment parameters. Some can only stay in a deal for five years, so they're yeah. sellers. Yeah. Some never sell a hotel. Yeah. Give us an example of a, a recent sale that you've seen. Sure. I know just a couple months ago, RLJ, RLJ, a large REIT in the industry, sold about 24 hotels for $240 million. Mm-hmm. And the applied cap on that was 7.9%. And that was before needed renovations of about $65 million. So really, if you want to look in the numbers, and they're not all there, but it's probably a six cap sale right. on 24 assets. So. I don't know if that's indicative of the industry, but certainly caps, cap rates are going down. And yeah, I, think, um, I think to pick up on something Andrew just said, Michael, that the um, uh, uh, from a from a uh, what's what's the length of the money, so to speak? You, know, you mentioned some people have have locked in time horizons they have to they have to live with and so forth. But the the most common question that we've been getting from our, our clients the last couple of years now is, um, tell us what the end's going to. When's the end going to get here, and what's it going to look like? Because the last two times it got here quick, and it was bad. So we we got to face that again. Now but, everyone's like eat the old EF Hutton commercial now. Like, all right, yeah, that's what we all want to know. And the answer is, is I don't know. Right? No, <laughs> I've got we, an answer. No, well, we have a view, and I'd, I'd love to know your. Yeah. But the sense is, 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 uh, you know, as we look at cycles and so forth, and history will tell us that you can feel pretty comfortable. They go for somewhere between seven and ten years. We're clearly on the long end of, of history right now. Um, so to get back to this, the kind of how, how, how long can you park your capital somewhere? Uh, what we've been suggesting is, hey, we, we don't know the end. I mean, just mm-hmm. if you just believe in things reverting to the mean, that should start happening three, four years from now. Um, if there is another hiccup, it's probably going to be in that window. So suggesting if you're buying something today, or even if you're already in the market, uh, hopefully you've got capital that you can leave in place for a five to seven year window. And by the way, 
um, because of what we saw the last two times around, don't overlever. You're, <laughs> you're, you know, keep keep a nice cash cushion uh, in place. Market timing really should be a part of your investment parameters here. And to that end, if you want to look at a crystal ball, I think on average, the upside in the in the cycle, the economic cycle is 105 months of positive growth. That's the last several cycles. We're 68 months into that right now, which will leave you about three more years, all else the same. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah. some say it's going to go longer, so who knows? Yeah, I, one thing I'd add is that this cycle has uh, not seen the flood of new supply. Supply continues to be constrained. Uh, memories are short, but they're not so short. <laughs> and uh, really, uh, supply growth has been small. And so a record number of people are spending the night at a hotel, uh, and yet supply growth has been constrained and occupancy is pushing and um, you know I think that that's going to extend this this positive cycle. Yeah I think that's a good point I mean with the construction costs where they are and land cost and and uh, you know I think there are some headwinds to new development and also I think people are more careful than they were before especially lenders and so I think this might be a longer cycle in my opinion and commercial real estate in general. Well, stay tuned. We'll have one more segment for you on the hospitality industry. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull, our show where everything always goes smoothly. We're talking about the hospitality industry today. We have hotel experts in the industry, Mark Woodworth, Andrew Pace, and David Marvin. And guys, I can't let you guys get out of here without providing a tip for operators of hotels out there. David, what's a tip for them? Well, the first thing I think is hotels are extremely management intensive. Uh, among the continuum of real estate types, it is at the extreme. And so, by extension, people matter. So it's very careful, you need to be very careful and thoughtful about how you hire people, train them, motivate them. And if you're not in that business, you need to hire a good manager. And uh, different managers specialize in different areas. Andrew has a fine firm that's involved in uh, uh, some limited service hotels and extended stay. Our firm is more urban-centric, more full-service with an orientation to food and beverage. But it's all about people. It's all about the face that, that your customer uh, comes in contact with and whether or not that's smiling. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, uh, we were talking earlier, you know, I think the service is really more important sometimes than the, than the product, how you're treated there, right? Yeah. It comes across to the guests as well. So yeah. those hotels that are well-operated are profitable. There's no doubt. I'd say another thing would be revenue management. It's uh, I w it's a really effectively yield management in the business, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, every hotel should have it, and um, every hotel management company and every owner should know about it and uh, utilize it uh, to maximize the sales at their hotels. So that's, that's a, it's a trend that's changing daily because of technology, and uh, it's really tough for the operators to keep up with exactly how this is changing, but it's very important for uh, for us to to be uh, 
very good at it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think, you know, hotels, I think we're probably the first industry to write to use daily revenue management. Now, the apartment industry is doing it, and it's really helped the apartment industry. You know, the projects that we look at that are using it are more successful. They're increasing their occupancy and their rates. And, you know, so the tenant doesn't know what the rent is going to be today or tomorrow when they go in there. Uh, so it's helpful. Well, Mark, what's an, a tip for operators? You're talking to them every day. They're they're engaging yeah. you. Well, say, first of all, Michael, I want to congratulate you. We're mm-hmm. almost at the end of the show, and you haven't asked a bad question yet. So that's <laughs> good. You. You're getting Thank better you. at this stuff. Thank you. So, um, but now, uh, it really kind I'm gonna of. Get it. I'm going to ask for a raise now from the there boss. There you go. So. There you go. But yeah. uh, to try and maybe link with these two, uh, if, if uh, from an operations perspective, um, fundamentally, you better know who your best three to five, if not ten customers are. But just no, no more than just who they are and how much they're buying from you, but what's going on in their business. Um, is, is there the industries that they serve, that they make their profits from, are they growing, are they contracting? Uh, we get a lot of questions now about what's happening with the strong value of the dollar. Uh, and, and it's clearly hurting exports. Well, if I've got clients and customers who are big in manufacturing, creating things that get exported, man, they get some pretty stiff headwinds. So. So it's a, it's a pretty fundamental basic thing that quite frankly, we don't see that many, uh, a lot of people really doing as, as, as much of that as, as they should. So that would be, that's my tip. That's a good point. How about another tip guys for operations? I'll tell you this, and David mentioned earlier, is bandwidth in hotels has mm-hmm. to be looked at. It used to be you'd set up a hotel, you'd look at it two years later. It's changing literally every couple of months, and you've got to make sure, monitor that your guests are happy. If they're not, they'll tell you, but they have multiple devices. Bandwidth is a heavier drain nowadays, and and the systems that were put in place in half of a ho- hotels in America two years ago are not adequate to provide enough bandwidth for the, what the guests want. And they'll be, they'll be very quick to complain about it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they walk and they don't come back to see you. So you have to really be ahead of the curve, see what they're using, and make sure that there's ample bandwidth. Well, that's a good tip. I think you do have to monitor it because a lot of customers are, are like me. I won't complain. I just won't come back. But, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Great show. Thanks for being in Studio One with us. It was yeah. fun. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. And be sure to join us next week. We're going to talk about tax credits. And, you know, that's a great subject. Whether you're an investor, you can buy tax credits, or if you're in the commercial real estate business. So please do join us and sign up for once a week email announcing the show topic so you don't miss a topic of interest to you at the show website, seriesshow.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate in as little as 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.